<laughs> no. I'm not a singer. Okay, tonight we're going to talk about identity theft. And identity theft is something that could happen to any of us at any time, so I thought it was an important topic to share with you. Um, I've worked at Commerce Bank for over 14 years now, and you would not believe the stories that I could tell you around this topic. Um, so oftentimes things could have been prevented if the customer were not so trusting of folks that they didn't know, or if they used a little better judgment, or if they didn't fall for a get-rich scheme. Um, keep in mind that if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, so let's just start with a little background on, on how identity theft occurs. Identity theft occurs when someone uses your personal identifying information like your social security number, your credit card number, your name, um, without your permission to commit fraud or other crimes. And there's about 9 million Americans that have their identity stolen every year. So it is a very, very serious crime. And like I said, in the banking world, we do see a lot of this go on. Um, the crime itself can take on uh, many, many forms. Identity thieves may rent an apartment, obtain a credit card, establish a uh, telephone account in your name. Um, and you may not even find out about this until you review your credit card statement or notice charges that you didn't make um, or until you're contacted by a debt collector. While some identity theft victims can resolve um, the problems rather quickly, for others, they spend hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars even, and a lot of time trying to repair their um, credit and good name. Um, some customers victimized by identity theft may lose out on job opportunities or be denied loans for mortgages, cars, um, education, things like that, and um, because of that negative information that shows up on their credit reports. Um, in some cases, they may even be arrested for crimes that they didn't commit. Um, something you may not know is that more, um, you're more likely to have your identity stolen by a friend, a family member, a coworker, relative, or maybe an in-home in care worker. And the reason for that is because you let your guard down with these folks and they've got access to um, your life a little bit easier. Um, how do um, thieves steal an identity? Well, there's multiple ways, and I'll go through a few of those for you. Check fraud is one of them, and that would be where you're stealing checks or ordering checks in someone else's name. Um, dumpster diving, if you've ever heard of that, is exactly what it says. You throw your stuff in the trash, somebody goes in after it. They get your bills, your credit card invoices, personal information, anything that you throw in there. So uh, you gotta be real careful about that. Another way they steal your identity is through skimming. And what that is, is it's stealing information contained on the magnetic strip of your debit cards or credit cards. And it usually happens in a store or restaurant or even at an ATM machine. And it's usually an inside job done by a dishonest employee. Um, and what they do, let's say you're at a restaurant, for example, um, you give them your credit card to pay the bill or your debit card to pay the bill. They go out of sight, scan the card, pay the bill there, but they may also be taking a copy of that or there's also skimming devices that these thieves get a hold of where they can also swipe your card and have your number handy. So you gotta be real careful there. Um, phishing is another um, way to steal identity and it's spelled P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G um, and that's stealing online by sending an official looking email and requesting personal information. So if you ever get anything like that, don't reply to the email um, or pop-up messages that ask for your personal information. Um, anything that you didn't initiate you know, don't have any part of. Um, wireless hacking is another way. I mean, that's stealing personal information from a wireless, internet, or a Bluetooth system that isn't secured or encrypted. 
So make sure you know who you're corresponding with, that you encrypt messages, and um, do the things that you're supposed to be doing. Um, account redirection is another way, and basically all that is is that a thief's going to go into the post office, they've got your address, they write it down as their address, and change it to a new address. And then right away, all, all your mail's being redirected somewhere else, and you won't figure it out for quite a while, probably. And then just the old-fashioned stealing where they steal your wallets, your purses, information, etc. Um, there are several ways to prevent identity theft. I'll go over some don'ts and some do's. Um, don't ever give out your personal information by telephone, um, through email um, or through the internet unless you've initiated that um, contact or know the person or company that you're contacting. For example, let's say that I call you, I, I say this is Connie from Commerce Bank, um, we believe somebody's using your account, can you give us your account number and um, other information so we can verify that we're talking to the right person. Your bank, financial institution will never call you and ask you for your information. Okay? But you'd be surprised at the people that give out information. They think it's their bank, they trust their bank, um, and believe that it's them calling and they give out information and then the bad guys have it. Um, don't carry your social security card or your PIN numbers in your wallet. Memorize your PIN numbers, change your PIN numbers frequently. Uh, you know, don't use like a telephone number, um, your birth date, you know, something like that. Use something that nobody's going to be able to figure out. Um, don't carry or tell others your online passwords. That's just, you know, too much information for a thief to get a hold of. Um, on your driver's license, and I don't even think they do this anymore, but um, don't put your social security number on there. I think they've all went to numbers now with identifying numbers. And then also on checks, when you order checks, don't put your driver's license. Don't put your social security number. My recommendation as a banker would be first initial, last name, address, that's it. Then they, the thief wouldn't know if you're male or female or whatever. Um, and I'll get into that here in just a minute. Um, do shred documents that contain your personal information or financial information. Um, go buy a shredder. It's a good investment. doesn't cost that much. Um, but it does, you know, save you the hassle of possibly having to go through this. Um, be careful about revealing your social security number to others. Um, use a different type of number. <laughs> Rather than your social security number. Um, do notify your financial institution if you have requested a credit card or a debit card and you haven't received it in a timely manner. You wouldn't believe the people that come in three months later, they requested a debit card, they didn't get it, you know, um, something bad could have happened. Um, so call right away. Um, and do closely monitor the ex expiration dates on your cards and contact your issuer if the replacement card is not received prior to the expiration date. Um, if your card expires the end of August, you should receive a new card the middle of August. And if you don't, you know, um, call your financial institution. Um, do review your uh, monthly bank statements regularly and notify your bank if you see any unauthorized transactions. Um, do this consistently, not just once in a while. If you do find something on there, call your bank right away. Um, you've only got 60 days to report anything. After 60 days, it's on you. Um, and do consider a device like Deluxe ID Theft Lock, which can, can provide you help in preventing identity theft. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of that. Um, it's something that, um, it's called ID Theft Lock. And actually, Commerce Bank offers it. There may be other banks and financial institutions that offer it. 
Um, there's also, you can go online and get it as well. I've got it through the bank. Um, it's a free service to the primary account holder. And um, I receive um, emails every month about my credit. So it'll say everything's great, or it'll say, you know, there's been a recent something, you know, check it out. And then you can click on it and it shows you exactly what's out there under your name. Um, so it's a great way to um, monitor credit as well. Um, and it's relatively inexpensive, too, if you don't you know, have an account somewhere or uh, want to get it. Um, let's see here. Okay, protect your debit card and credit cards when you're using the ATM machines. Um, protect your PIN number by not giving out the number. And then if you are at a store and using a PIN number, make sure there's people around you that aren't seeing that account number or seeing that little PIN number. Um, I just hate when somebody's like standing like right there watching and you wanna, you know, but do that because you need to protect yourself or tell them to move away or whatever. So, um, and be suspicious of any ATM that has signage indicating that you should use another ATM. Um, that ATM could have a skimming device on it um, that's placed over the normal card reader and can steal your information off your magnetic strip. It really does happen. We've had, I, um, this happened to customers of mine before too. So just be very careful of that and inform your law enforcement agency if you see anything like that. Um, monitor your accounts and credit reports. Um, check, check your account online. Um, if you do that, that's the most updated activity on your account. So keep, know, know what's going on on your accounts basically. Um, and then carefully review your account statements to learn uh, or to quickly identify fraudulent transactions. Check your credit reports for accuracy. Credit reports contain information about you, including accounts held in your name, your payment history, et cetera. Um, I don't know if you're aware of it, but you can access a free copy of your credit report each year um, from the three major credit reporting agencies by visiting www.annualcreditreport.com, or there's also a telephone number. Um, I do have brochures that I'll give you later, but they're in my car, I forgot them. So it has all that information in there. Um, if your credit reports are not accurate, contact the credit reporting agency immediately. If anything on there is not accurate, if, it, if, if there's an extra address on there or somebody on there that maybe there's an inquiry that you, you don't know about, because those could be people trying to get um, into your credit. Um, you can place a fraud alert on your credit report to notify creditors to follow certain procedures before they open a new account in your name um, or make any changes to existing accounts. And this really does work. If a customer comes into the bank and they want to apply for a loan, I take the application, send it off to the underwriter. The underwriter runs the credit, calls me back and says, hey, there's a fraud alert on here, call your customer. You call the customer and they say, oh yeah, this happened, I put that on there, verify it that way. So um, it really does work. Um, if you're a victim of identity theft, um, you need to notify the three credit, credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. And I've also got the information in here, telephone numbers and addresses. You want to make sure you contact all three because sometimes they have a little bit different information. And it's important, like I said, to get your statements once a year as well from all three, just in case something's out there on one that may not be on the other. Um, okay. And then I'm going to just kind of conclude here with a little story. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of it or not, I am because I'm in the banking industry, but there's a crime ring out in the West County area. And um, they've been hitting the West County area for quite some time now, over the past couple of years actually, doing different things. 
and we've had several of our customers that were victims of this particular crime ring. Um, it's a very sophisticated group of individuals, and what they do is prey on women at gyms, um, daycare centers, and churches, and places where women let their guard down, basically. And what's happened most recently is that they've hit the Gold's Gym on Manchester, which is about a mile east of my branch. And what they do is watch and wait. In broad daylight, they watch a woman get out of her car, go into the gym, for example. And a lot of times, women go into the gym, they leave their purses in the car. You know, they don't want to take anything else in with them. Rule number one, don't ever leave your purse in the car. Um, take it in with you wherever you go, um, even if you're only going in for a short time somewhere. Um, once the woman's inside the gym or the daycare center or church or whatever it may be, um, they break into the car. And they do this, like I said, in broad daylight, breaking windows or whatever they have to do to get in. Um, they steal the lady's purse, they drive away. So maybe they've broken into two or three cars that particular day. Um, they've got checks from one individual, they've got ID from another individual. And then what they do, um, like I said, they're very sophisticated. They become that person on that ID. And they write the checks, they've got this other person's checks and write checks payable to that person. They make themselves look like that other person, walk into a bank, get away with it every day. Um, we've been hit <laughs> several times. Um, they did catch a couple of them, um, but there's still a bunch of them out there. Um, so just, you know, don't leave purses, don't leave anything out um, where a thief can get in. Because there's bad people out there and they are watching um, for you to make a mistake out there. Um, so basically as a recap on that one, you know, just be smart, be alert, be aware of your surroundings. Um, also limit the number of credit cards and personal information that you carry. If you've got 10 credit cards, um, don't carry 10, carry one. You know, carry your ID, don't carry social security numbers, things like that. Um, it's not a fun thing to try and clean up your credit. So, that's all I have. Mm -hmm. I shred everything. No, I would probably shred everything. I mean, I, I personally do shred everything. Um, it's because I do work at a bank, right. too, and I see a lot of stuff that um, you guys don't see. Right. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely shred everything. Well, I wrote CID on all my cards. And, and that's that good way, as well. You know, they have to ask for ID. Use it. I can use it, but they're going to want to see your ID. And I, you don't, you know, well, you'd be surprised the places out there that still take cards and don't ask for ID regardless. Right. They don't even look at the back. Yeah. And they're supposed to, but um, no, they don't always do that. What do you think of uh, places that advertise uh, protect your ID, like LifeLock? Well, you know, I don't know a lot about the other ones. I only know what the bank offers, basically. You may check with your financial institution and see what they've got to offer. That's a safe place, okay. a place that you know. I don't know a lot about the other ones. There are probably some good, good, good ones out there. Um, but I personally go through the bank just because I, you know, you know them, you know who to talk to. Um, and if it does happen, like I said, they monitor your credit. You get that email every month that says everything's great and I like that. So, yeah. How often, so anybody who's using your credit reports this three months, 
Um, no, once a year. Once a year, it's free if you go onto that website, and I'll bring in the little brochures. No, I would do it definitely at least once a year. Yeah. And then if you've got this other service in place, for example, um, that just is makes you feel better, peace of mind, basically. Yeah, but you're basically only checking it once a year. They do do that. Yes. I believe that it, it does do that because my sister has moved. No, they do. They do. do they do do that. <laughs> they do that. Right. And a lot of it lies on us as well, like shredding mail and things like that as well. So. Well, no, if you're a victim of identity theft, whatever it is, it's going to cover everything. Okay. So, and I'll get no, you some brochures and come out. Yeah, because if your credit card gets stolen or your whatever, whatever it is, however your identity was stolen, that will help you repair it is what it is and make up some, uh, some of the losses for you as well. Ask, ask them for their telephone number and name, and yeah. if they hang up, so, so, <laughs> they're back. Um, I called the credit union, and we got somebody else, but they said, yes, your credit card was used in California to purchase a Carfax thing online. Mm -hmm. And they said, we know you're here in the St. Louis area, and we thought if you were in California, you wouldn't be doing something like a Carfax. Mm -hmm. So it looks suspicious, so we contacted. So they canceled my card and uh, refused the payment. And especially if you're going on vacation, you're going to be gone a week, two weeks, or whatever, you know, out of the country or whatever, call and let yeah. the credit card, debit card companies know that you're going to be gone um, so that they, 
They know where you are, absolutely. But your banks and financial institutions should be watching that for you anyway. I've, I've gotten a call before in the past too. But they'll never ask you for your information. Right. You understand? Mm -hmm. You know, personal information. Well, they're going to, when they, like if Commerce calls you, for example, we're going to know it's you. I mean, we're going to be telling you things, right. okay? Uh, we're not going to be asking you for social security numbers, account numbers, credit card numbers, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're going to know. But if you feel uncomfortable still, it's okay to say, hey, what's your name and number, and I'll call you back. Um, and people do do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But just be very careful not to give information because right. that's what they do. They give you a well, ton of information. I and she told me, she said, call my bank the next morning and make sure. And I called them and they said, you know, they thought at that time it was just saying that everything would, would be okay. But mm -hmm. I, I think what it was is it turned out, because uh, what she did, and I, it was stupid of me to do it. I only gave her the last four digits, my social. But when she called me back, she said, I got it now. She said, your numbers are just like hers, but they're switched around. But they do their they do their homework too. Yeah. So you gotta still be very, very careful. Know who you're talking to. It's okay it's okay to, you know, say give me your number, you know, I'll call you back and investigate it a little bit. There you go. You know, I, I get limited information. Oh, okay. um, there's a lot of them, though. I mean, they were, um, I guess, about two years ago out in the Wildwood area, Grover area out there. Um, don't put mail in your mailbox for the mailman to pick up. You put that little flag up, somebody's going to take your mail. And they were doing it out in the Wildwood area a lot. And that's a way that they can steal identities as well. So just be careful. I take my mail to the post office. You just have to be careful, cautious. <laughs> Anything else? If you have nosy neighbors, you can put mail in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've gotten so many emails from, there's a Nigerian something or another scheme. I don't know if we all have heard about it. Yes. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what it is, but uh, some, a lawyer in Nigeria emails and says he's representing a widow 
you know, who's wanting to be bequeath her $5 million fortune on Summit Church. <laughs> I mean, one span of time, it's, it's been just several months ago now, um, we probably got 10 of them. You just reported a spam. Sometimes I send it to the Attorney General of the United States. But it's an old, I'm going to go turn this down real quick. It's singing. <laughs> I'll turn it down a little bit. Let's see if that helps. Okay, since this is the first Wednesday night that we're doing this, I'm going to review somewhat what, what, <laughs> are you glad? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're doing it because, um, for several reasons, and that's one of the reasons, and so, um, like I told the ladies earlier, we're missing all of our teenage girls tonight because last uh, tomorrow is their last final day. So they're studying and there's several graduations and stuff. So, But anyway, so I'm going to review, uh, first of all, what a higher standard women's ministry is for. Um, since um, Although there are many good, strong Christian women, there seems to be a growing number of Christian women that are not living their faith according to the biblical standards God has given us. And it seems like Christians as a whole in the United States have, you know, started to become a very poor witness to the world. And it just really saddens me a lot. And through this ministry, we want to encourage women to commit to raise the standard they have for their lives in thoughts, words, and actions. So what we've been doing so far is teaching the Bible about how to act and deal with things according to the scriptures and then demonstrate how to, how to act through skits and role-playing and things like that. And we have a time of prayer. And then we have a time of practical sharing. Um, so far, we've had healthy eating by Kat and diet and cancer prevention by Kat, who's a registered dietitian. They were both excellent. We had one on wisdom and finances, and then tonight we had preventing identity theft, both with Connie, and she's an assistant bank manager, so she knows what she's talking about. So those have been both very, very excellent. Um, and what we've asked is that ladies, that the, the ladies that come to make a commitment to follow through on the teaching and to help reinforce the teaching with other Christian women. And I forgot to tell you all, you have a worksheet to fill out. <laughs> And that, that is to help when you, when you hear it and you see it and you write it down, it all helps, helps in the learning process. So if you need a pen, you can raise up your hand. And have I passed over anything too quick? Because I forgot, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> what did I go over too quick? <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. So I haven't, gotten to, I haven't gotten to the first one yet, so you are cool, okay? 
No, let me see where I was. Um, what we've done is we've asked you all, the ladies that come, to make a commitment to follow through on the teaching and help reinforce the teaching with other Christian women so we'll remember to live according to the Word of God, or in other words, support each other. And if we can get just the ladies that come to this meeting to actually live according to the Word of God, that'll be just a tremendous force for the Lord. It really will. Um, we also have an optional time of exercise at the end of each meeting so we can live a higher standard in our physical fitness. And that's why we want you all to dress casually because you can't, can't fly around the room in high heels. Anyway, we also have an outreach called A Higher Standard at Work that will reach out beyond these walls to minister to get behind, beyond ourselves, beyond our you know, four walls of this church. The first thing that we did so far was a birthday surprise for Ruth Font. And if you all don't know who she is, she's an older lady that's attended the church almost the entire length of how long the church has been in existence. And she's served the Lord faithfully for many, many years, and we wanted to bless her. Then in March, a higher standard at work sent out greeting cards to, um, we came and sent out greeting cards to people to encourage and bless them. And then um, after that, we kidnapped the teenage girls early in the morning and took them to breakfast and to get their nails done. And they had an absolutely fabulous time and were begging for us to do it. <laughs> like the next weekend. <laughs> And now we are preparing gift bags for the St. Louis Thrive Pregnancy Resource Center. So those have all been um, tremendous blessings that, to the people that we have done them for. And as I said in the beginning, there are many, many, many good Christian, strong Christian women, but there seem to be a, a growing number of Christian women who are not living according to their faith. And um, it just seems like so many Christian women have just lost their way. Um, there's, the examples that I'd given are there, uh, wish, women from non-denominational churches like ours have a higher divorce rate than any other Christian denomination. And that's, that's pretty sad when we think we have all the answers, but we don't. I mean, we do have the answers, but we're not putting them into practice. People that go to non-denominational churches change churches more frequently than any other denomination showing a lack of commitment, stability, and accountability. And then I'm going to share these examples of people that have gone, women that have gone to this church and the things that they have done. And I share these not to, not to be saying anything bad about anyone, but to emphasize the severity of the problem and to stress the seriousness of what we're trying to accomplish. There really, really are some very serious problems in Christian women, and we need to make a commitment to... Uh, be good examples to the world and not, not uh, bad examples. Uh, we've had born-again, spirit-filled women in this congregation. Nobody that goes here now commit adultery, watch pornography, play sex games on the Internet. Uh, we had a teenage girl make an appointment with Pastor Terry and I. We sat down with her, and she wanted us to convince her mother, who was a church member, to stop having sex with their married neighbor. The teenage girl was just in tears just desperate and the mother would not stop christian born again spirit-filled christian woman um we've had women that could not clean their house or have a meal ready for their husband when he got home even though there were no children no job and she was in excellent health just couldn't couldn't figure out how to do it um, we've had women that looked down on other women uh, 
people that are supposed to have the love of God working in their hearts and look down on other women because of their social class, their work uh, philosophy, their school or child raising philosophy. We've had people look down on people that homeschool or people that homeschool look down on people that send their kids to public schools. And that these things just shouldn't be happening in Christian women. We've had Christian women in this church that are inflexible and headstrong, making it hard for others to work with them in the departments that they work in. Busybodies, fault finders, gossipers. Um, we've had young women in this church lose their love for God and his word. Um, we've had women that think that they are really, 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 really spiritual, but they won't lift a finger to do anything or help anyone. We've had women that dominate their husbands through intimidation and manipulation. And probably about 80% or more of the families that have left the church, it has been because of the wife becoming disgruntled or saying, you know, God told me we need to leave. And then the husband comes in the office and he's crying and heartbroken because he doesn't feel like it's God's will for them to leave here, but his wife is making, making things miserable if they stay. We even had a woman on, in the church that left on vacation several times without telling her husband where she was going, or that she was going. <laughs> she'd, he'd wake up in the morning, and he would call her, and she'd say, oh, I, I left on vacation. I'm on my way to, you know, another state. She'd be gone. And it wasn't because they had a fight. It was just time for her to go on vacation, and he wasn't going. <laughs> Carol wanted to know if he missed her. We won't go there. I don't know. Anyway, because of seeing things like this, I just desperately feel the need to do everything within my power to live according to scriptures myself and the need to help other women to rise up and honor God in their thoughts, words, and actions. So that's why this ministry was started. And um, we are want to call you, call the women that come to live a higher standard in thought, word, and action. And uh, many examples I cited above were women that really, if you looked at them and saw them at church or whatever, you'd think that they were very, very, very spiritually mature people. They could, they had the ability to create the aura of being spiritual. Um, They seemed to have great spiritual insight, but when you found out what they were really like, it was a different story. They were superficial Christians. And many times, uh, we just have one chance to affect people, um, one chance to make a difference in certain people's lives. And what we do with that one chance may make a difference in the eternity of someone. And we can't stumble into uh, the realm of artificial or superficial Christianity. We can't risk turning people away from the Lord because we are living superficially. Um, superficial Christianity is just something that we are involved in. It's a religion that we design, and it's a religion that's strayed away from God's power and his word. It's when we decide what's okay and what's not okay to do. We don't refer to the Bible about what's okay and what's not okay to do. Um, if you look at Webster's Dictionary, superficial is defined of, as being on the surface or shallow, are just seeming only seeming so only at first glance. So you look at someone first glance and ooh, they look really spiritual or they look really like they're a Christian. But when you get into it and see what they're like at home or on their job or at the store, 
they don't really, they're not really the way they look. They're not really the way they talk. Um, it, they turn into, you know, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, in church service, they're one thing, or, but, you know, they walk outside the doors and they become something else. That's a superficial Christian. Um, another way to, another word to use for it is being a hypocrite. A hypocrite, when you look in the dictionary, a hypocrite means an actor, an actor, a pretender, a person who pretends to be what she, he or she is not, one who pretends to be better than, than they really are. They pretend to be pirate, pious, virtuous, without really being so. Now, I know that I have, and probably many of you have at times, we've, we've done that. We act, we act one way in one place and we act another way in a different place or we you know want everybody to think we're good Christians but then we go and crab at somebody or act unbecoming but we want to get away from that we want to get in the realm of supernatural Christianity that's something that God is involved in we need to remember that we're the light of the world and we're to be reflecting God's glory on the earth and that is really important to be a supernatural Christian requires us to be radical Christians. And if you look up radical in the dictionary, does anybody remember what it means? No. No. If you go to the dictionary and look up radical, you're going to be surprised at this. It says... It means going to the foundation or source of something, fundamental, back to the basics, which in our case would be back to the word of God. So if we're going to be radical Christians, we need to get the B-I-B-L-E out and do what it says. So that's what we're accomplishing, trying to accomplish with a higher standard women's ministry. So uh, we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. And we have it on the screens tonight. <laughs> it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aim aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now we see in that passage of scripture, there's a lot of difficult things in there. It talks about running which is difficult. Talks about strict training, which is difficult. Talks about beating our body and making it our slave, which is difficult. Right? Those are all things that are difficult. So if we're going to run this race and if we're going to do it properly, we have to understand that it's not easy. It's not a breeze. It's not just flowing along, you know, on the clouds. It's difficult. Living according to the word of God is hard, and it takes constant and long-term training. 
And if we don't keep ourselves trained to follow the word of God, we're just going to slip into walking according to our flesh. Um, so in talking about this, I'm just going to review what we've talked about the different months. In February, we talked about a higher standard, standard in our thought life. Now, if you'll remember, Debbie and Laura, Lori and Donna did the word balloon skit. Do you remember that? That was really good. And we asked you to think about what you're thinking about. Remember? We gave you, um, there's some extra sheets back there about our, I don't, whether it's our deeds or our thoughts and actions, I don't remember. Um, but there's some extra ones back there if you want them. They're scripture sheets. In March, we talked about a higher standard in our words. And we did a skit, Renata and I did a skit. Um, she had a chance to correct her mother-in-law. As I was trash-talking everyone in the skit, I think she was surprised at how trashy I could, things I could think of. <laughs> and Vicki and Pat did the fruit bowl example, illustrating what the fruit of our lips is creating in our lives. And so we, um, we kind of called that, you're making the cake, you're going to have to eat it. So we're making, making our own life, and we're going to have to eat the results of it. In April, we talked about a higher standard in our actions or deeds. And we had, um, of course, Connie was talking about finances, and we had the Show Me the Money show with our financial expert, Susie Kirsch, <laughs> which was quite good. And then we ended with communion to reinforce our dedication and commitment to the Lord to live godly. And in those teaching, teachings, we talked about judging our thoughts, words, and actions with four different tests. Can anybody remember what they were? <laughs> the, the, she got two of them, the love test. Do our words and our actions and our thoughts pass the love test? That's a really good test when you start thinking about things or doing things or, or talking especially. Are they in line with the word of God as far as am I walking in love? And then she said the faith test. The Bible says that anything that's not of faith is sin. So our actions, our words, and our thoughts full of faith. Are we believing God or are we worried and, and, and upset and fretful about things? Two other tests. Can anybody think of what they are? Okay, one starts with a P. Purity. The purity test. Are our thoughts, words, and actions pure? And the Bible gives very clear um, definitions of purity. Okay, the next one is an F. F-R. Fruitful. <laughs> Are our thoughts, words, and actions fruitful? Are they producing good fruit? So anyway, that brings us to, not to tonight. Sometimes it just seems impossible to really do all this. Um, 
doesn't seem like we can all, you know, get it together for more than, you know, maybe a day or two at a time, that, that we might stumble or fall, do something that we're not supposed to do. So tonight I'm going to talk about how in the world can we do it. And the way that we do it is that the light has to be plugged in to shine. Let's turn to Matthew 5, verse 14. Matthew 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. See, the Bible says that we're the light of the world. And if we're going to be a light, we've got to be plugged into something for the light to show. Just like a light has to be plugged into electricity, we have to be plugged into something for that light to shine. We're going to talk about that tonight. Have you ever um, uh, known of a situation where um, someone who was a Christian did something wrong and it caused other people to turn away from the Lord? If you've ever known anybody, why don't you raise up your hand? It's, um, it's... I think one of the saddest things in the whole world is when somebody turns away from the Lord because of another Christian's example. Of course, we know about the high-profile, you know, uh, people that fall into sin. And, and um, I remember uh, when I was in my early 20s, <clears throat> the pastor of the church that I went to was the first charismatic church I really went to. Uh, after I was born again, he... Um, was having an affair with the secretary. And it didn't really affect me because I was in love with the Lord, not, not with the pastor. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I didn't love him, but, <laughs> but my dedication was, was to the Lord, um, and I wasn't affected by that. Um, but it was a real shock to me because I was young and I didn't realize things like that happened. But there were an, an enormous amount of people that stopped serving God because of that. And um, we need to realize that people are looking at us. And people can start serving God because of you, or they can stop serving God because of you. And the Bible holds us responsible. God holds us responsible for the influence that we have on other people. So we need to always make sure that it's a good influence. So the first thing that we need to do to have our light bulb plugged in is that we have to be born again. We can't accomplish any of this unless we're a new creature, unless we're born again. Let's turn to John 3, verse 5 and 6. Okay, it says, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the, and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. So we need to have that. I know all of you, I know all of you are born again. Um, so you understand that you became alive on the inside when you gave your life to the Lord. You became a new creation. You've experienced, so you know what a difference that made in your life. You became alive. You were dead to God, and then you became alive. So you need to be born again 
um, to be able to be a light. And Second uh, Corinthians five. Let's turn there. Second Corinthians five. In the Amplified Bible. Think that might help? <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. And everybody who's born again knows that. I, I, I don't think I'll ever forget what I was like before I got born again. And I don't ever want to forget because I know the difference. Um, the, um, there's so much to be thankful for. Um, you, all, you all understand because you all have been an old person and now you're a new person. You have the life of God in you because you're born again. The second thing is that we need to... Um, be plugged in to the Word of God. We can be born again, but unless we keep the Word of God continually in our remembrance, if, we're, if we don't continually read it and study it and feed upon it, we forget. We forget that certain things aren't becoming of a Christian woman. We just forget. Um, and that's the natural process of things. And if we keep feeding upon the Word of God, we will know the right thing to do, the right thing to think, the right thing to say, and the right thing to do. Uh, let's turn to Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. So if we stay in the word, it will illuminate our thoughts, our words, and our actions and show whether they are in line with God's words and his standards. And without his word illuminating our way, we become our own standard, and that can be very dangerous. And I've seen that in my, my own life. You know, if, I, if I'm not right there in the word of God all the time, I might start thinking or acting ways or saying things that, that God wouldn't really approve of. And then, then I might read something in the word and I'll go oh my gosh I slipped up in that area I shouldn't be doing that I should be acting this way instead of that way the word of God has great corrective powers and then the last thing is prayer and along with that I'll, I'll include fellowship with God and worship we need that to stay plugged in to, the, to make our light shine if you read the book of Psalms, you'll see that David and the other writers of Psalms worked out many of their problems that they had with God, with themselves, and with other people um, during their times of prayer and worship. If you read the Psalms, they um, are a good, good mirror to look at because a lot of times the psalmist will say, you know, God, why have you forsaken me? You know, we've done that. You know, where are you at, God? <laughs> and then by the end of the psalm, he figures it out, you know. Or he'll say, you know, why do my enemies oppress me? Well, we think that, you know, why does, why does so-and-so get that job and I didn't? Or why does this happen? Or, you know, we think those things. We think the same things that the psalmists think. And it's okay to wrestle with those things 
But as you see in the Psalms, they figure it out by the end of the Psalm, you know. Oh, you know, there you are, God. <laughs> I forgot or whatever. So if we stay hooked into the Word of God, if, we stay, if we're born again, stay hooked into the Word of God, and we spend time with the Lord, um, it'll help us to be better lights and better examples. Let's turn to Mark 14, verse 38. In developing intimacy with God, um, the more time you spend with him, the more you can become like him in his um, attitudes toward people, in his temperament, in his love. It's very important to spend time with the Lord. Uh, Mark 14, 38 says, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And the more time that we spend in prayer and the more that we form ourselves into God's image through, through obeying him, the easier it is to be a light to other people. And the last scripture we're going to turn to is Galatians 5.13. Through these things that I've talked about, the new birth, staying in the word of God and prayer and fellowship with God and worship, we can live enabled and empowered by the spirit of God. To be good witnesses. Okay, Galatians three five thirteen. And I didn't tell you I'm doing the NIV, but you figured it out obviously. <laughs> you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful, sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Wow, that says a lot, doesn't it? Did you see anything in there that um, might have given you a little direction on something that you're doing or not doing? Do you see anything in that scripture that tells us what we should be watching on TV or the Internet or at movie theaters? 
Does the, is there anything in there that talks about um, our temper? Just a little bit, huh? <laughs> Is there anything that in there that talks about um, liking uh, shows like, uh, what is the vampire stuff? Twilight. Think there's any, do, is there anything in the scripture that talks about that? Yep. Is there anything in here about cheating on your taxes, you think? What about, is there anything in here that talks about that person that irritates you and how you're supposed to act toward them? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not in there? <laughs> what, about con- what about controlling ourselves? Self-control. Being patient with people. You know, if we run, if people run across people that are living, verse 22 and 23, people are going to get born again by the droves. Because they'll see something that they need and they'll be so hungry for it. If we can just live, verse 22 and 23, and 24, 25. <laughs> If we can put those into practice, we'll be the by and by not even you know going out and and you know standing on the street corner or anything else, just living our daily lives, we will be such an awesome witness for the Lord that people will want. People are hungry for happiness, for joy, for love. If we can just live these scriptures, we will be such a tremendous light to the people around us that they will come. Hmm. <laughs> people will just be clamoring to, to want to know what we have absolutely absolutely no sporadic fruit no fruit with bugs in it no bruises so remember at the beginning when I talked about that it's hard there's a lot of times that it's very hard to have self-control. It's very hard to be gentle. It's very hard to be kind sometimes. Sometimes it's very hard to walk in love or to have joy in your heart or to be faithful or good. But we can do these things if we train ourselves. We can do these things, of course, if we're born again, if we keep our nose in the word of God and if we stay tight with God, stay in fellowship with him, and if we keep ourselves, if we remind ourselves that this is what we are supposed to be, you know, Christians can't be having an identity crisis all the time. We need to know who we are, and we need to act act the way we are. We, now, there you go. She was talking about identity theft. <laughs> the devil is, you know, out to steal our identity as Christians, and we let him. We just hand it over because we want to walk according to the flesh. We need to protect our identity. The word of God is our identity guard and walking according to his word. We need that. So what we're going to do, uh, first of all, did you all fill out your sheet? 
Does it, how many people have everything on the sheet filled out? Not department heads. <laughs> okay, how many people? Angie, Renata, Sylvia, and Kat. Okay, we're going to... We're going to check and see if you got them right, okay? A higher standard at work has done the following. Ruth Font's birthday. Kidnap the teenage girls for breakfast and get their nails done. Greeting cards. I, a higher standard at work in June will be for the St. Louis Thrive Pregnancy Resource Center. A higher standard women's ministry is calling women to a higher standard in thought, word, and action. Superficial means, you don't have to have these exactly, of or being on the surface, shallow, or seeming such only at first glance. A hypocrite means an actor, a pretender, or a person who pretends to be what he or she is not. One who pretends to be better than is really so, or pious, virtuous, without really being so. Radical means going to the foundation or source of something, back to the basics, the fundamental. Um, is living according to the word of God hard or easy? It's hard. In February, we taught on um, a higher standard in our thoughts, or think about what you were thinking about. In March, we taught on you're making the cake. You've got to have. You've got. You're going to have to eat it. Or a higher standard in our words. In April, we taught on a higher standard in our actions or deeds. The four tests we use to judge our thoughts or actions. Words and actions are the love test, the fruitful test, the faith test, the purity test. Tonight, our topic is the light has to be plugged in to shine. You are the light of the world. What ingredients are necessary to have our light shining? The new birth, the word of God in our hearts and minds, and prayer and fellowship with God. Now, did you guys get them right? Okay, we have prizes, but we're going to have to figure out how many people? Raise up your hand. 